1: Hey everybody, my name is Nick. This is the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. You'll notice that we're using the upbeat, positive disco music today. That's because I think we've got a really good show ahead of us. Our new fitness consultant, Rachel Carwas, is going to be joining us, and she's going to explain why. Despite my consistent working out, I'm still fat and weak, and she's also going to answer questions that people have asked us and people have sent and that I have myself about how exactly you're supposed to conduct yourself at the gym. What's too much sweat? What's not enough weight? Should I be able to take a picture of myself? Can I wear jeans? She's going to be answering all of those questions. We're also going to talk to my friend John Shaw. He's going to be joining us with his tip of the week, which... I. I think are always interesting, but I don't know if they've been really good tips. So far, they've been don't do meth, which I think is is pretty self-explanatory, and use your blinker while turning. So maybe this week he's going to step it up and really kind of give us some profound, insightful tips. We're also going to be discussing our top 10 list, which is going to be top 10 worst driving behaviors, and towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about our new fantasy football promotion. Well, I should actually say we're trying to do, because it may not, it may not technically be legal, but we're going to tell you about it anyway and figure it out from there. I want to begin the show by just saying that I'm a big fan of pettiness and spite. I really appreciate some well-done pettiness and spite, particularly in terms of if you ask somebody to do something and they don't come up with an excuse about, oh, you know, I'm kind of busy today or my aunt is sick or I got to take my cat to the vet or some kind of stupid excuse like that. I appreciate pettiness and spite when someone says, I'm not doing this because you asked me to do that or I'm not doing this Because I just don't like you. And that, to me, is a perfectly viable excuse. That's completely okay. I've been asking John to download this audio program for weeks. And he doesn't come up with, oh, I'm too busy, or I couldn't figure out how, or my computer doesn't have the right software. No. He says, I'm not doing it because you asked me to do it. And that is a completely okay. I think that we need to be more honest about things. Because I've found that if you just tell people the reason, like, hey, you want to come over? No, I don't. I don't feel like it. I'm okay with that. And they're okay with that too. Don't try to come up with BS excuses. Just tell the truth. That said, if you ever want to be petty to somebody and you just kind of want to psychologically crush them, this is my tip of the week for this. Tell them nice shirt, but say it in that kind of questioning way, like, oh, nice shirt. That will ruin that shirt for them forever. Even if that was their favorite shirt that they washed once a week and even put on the hanger, that is now going to goodwill. And that will, never seeing that shirt again, will kind of uplift you a little bit if you're having a bad day. Okay, so now let's go ahead and get into our first segment. And this is going to be a fitness-related segment. Just to give you a little bit of background, a couple of weeks ago, I was playing basketball, and it was really hot, and I wanted to take my shirt off, and I realized that I'm too chubby to take my shirt off. So that caused a little bit of a dilemma. And joining us now on the Profoundly Pointless podcast is Rachel Karwath. She's a certified personal trainer here in Arizona. She has her own website, rachelcarwash.com. She's an NPC fitness competitor, and she's getting ready for another competition. So this is a person that is completely qualified to answer our questions, probably so qualified that I'd put a 50-50 chance that she regretted doing this interview afterwards, but cool enough that she didn't say anything and gave us honest answers to some questions that we had and questions that you guys sent us. So one of the things that I always do is I look up basically nothing about the person that we're going to be interviewing. So just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: All right. So uh, I am an event planner and a personal trainer, a certified personal trainer. I'm also a two-time nationally qualified MPC bikini competitor preparing for nationals actually this November.
1: You're kind of the real deal when it comes to this then, huh?
0: I mean, I, it depends on who you ask, I guess you could say. I started out as a hobby. I've always been really competitive. I've always been an athlete and a gym rat, and so I figured, like, why not just try to take this to the next level?
1: We realized in one of our earlier episodes that I'm essentially too fat now to take my shirt off.
0: <laughs> in public,
1: you're just like, I can't do it. It's no, not happening. No, I can't do it, and I'm this weird kind <laughs> of thing where I'm too fat to take my shirt off where somebody would notice that I'm a little bit chubby, but not big enough where I could just kind of put it out there necessarily.
0: Right. So, like, so you're in that kind of like in between where it's just like a chubby bod life where you're not owning the big man vibe.
1: So, how do I, what's the best way to kind of get out of that?
0: Consistency is key and honestly a balance of diet and exercise. I don't think there's any magic bullet. I think it's just making sure. You find something that works for you and being honest with yourself about what you can, you know, what your commitment level is in your time and making sure that, you know, you pretty much stick to a reasonably healthy diet as much as as not fun as that is. That makes all the difference. Honestly, even in my competition training, no matter how many miles I run, no matter how many weights I lift, nothing is going to end up the way it's supposed to if I don't eat what I'm supposed to also.
1: So my my current nutrition that I've been doing for about the last week or so is I eat yeah. a giant handful of M and M's in the morning. Oh,
0: great start! That is a wonderful start to the day. So, and but, sugar but high n- out of
1: bed. this is how I feel like it's kind of working: is that it makes me feel a little bit sick, and then I don't eat very much throughout the rest of the day. Is that a <laughs> worthwhile plan, or do I need to abandon that? I
0: feel like you need to abandon that. Just my, I'm just, just gonna throw that out there. I think that's really gonna not do you very well in the future. But I mean, I don't know. What do I know?
1: I actually work out and I get a fair amount of exercise, but I feel like I'm accomplishing nothing. Like I've got kind of the dad bod, gut, tire thing going on, but I'm also (laughs) not very physically strong compared to a man of my age. Like what, what am I probably messing up at?
0: You probably what? You're probably doing random amounts of cardio different times each time, not really tracking how fast you were going before. Yep. Um, and then when you lift, you probably aren't really paying attention to what you're lifting, right? Like not the specific exercises and not how much weight, right? Are
1: you Are you following me at the gym? Because I feel like that's exactly what I do.
0: Right, and so that's kind of that's kind of the first step is, is becoming aware of exactly what you're doing. And not exactly. I mean, you don't have to, like, sit there and measure your heart rate every single minute. But, but seeing how far you go when you do what exercise you're doing, if you're doing treadmill, if you're doing elliptical, little increments can make a really big difference. So instead of, for three years straight, you know, doing bicep curls with 10-pound dumbbells every single day, like, that's not probably going to make a difference. But if you're able to push yourself a little bit harder – Uh, every couple weeks or every couple months depending on how much time you have to spend in the gym um, you know that consistency will really pay off and that awareness will really pay off
1: I don't want to be one of those guys that like does a set and then writes down something on a notepad just... Oh,
0: yeah, no, you don't have to be that specific with it. I, don't, I, would, I don't blame you, I don't want to be that person either. I would say just, like, the general awareness, right? Like, making sure that you don't just automatically autopilot, go to, like, this same set every single day for months and months at a time. Just noticing, like, if you just did three sets of 10 and it wasn't hard at all, you could probably stand to, like, maybe grab five pounds heavier next time you go. Like, that's just even that minor level of awareness will make a big difference in the long run.
1: Okay, so we have some gym etiquette questions that we came up with and then some of our listeners submitted.
0: Okay, nice. Let's go. Let's see. I love these.
1: Is the elliptical machine a manly exercise? <laughs>
0: I mean, I think it's, it is what you make it, right? I mean, a guy could do whatever he wants as long as he just owns it. The same thing with a woman, right? Grab those heavy weights, do what you want. I I like throwing an elliptical machine for some of my clients because it's like a nice break to the treadmill. And to be honest, it's like way If you have bad knees... Regardless of your gender, like, elliptical machine is money. Like, I definitely think guys can rock the elliptical.
1: Is it better to go slower or go faster in terms of only a manliness appearance? Because if I see somebody, like, going nuts where it looks like they're about to take off, I wonder what that person's <laughs> doing.
0: I don't have any problem with that, though. I think, like, you know, if you're going hard, you're going hard. If you're about to pass out, maybe take it a little slower. But whatever you want to do, you do you. Jim, you'll be yourself. Do your
1: thing. So kind of speaking of being yourself, the other day I was in the gym and there was a guy that was in jeans and he had on workout gloves, not traditional workout gloves. He literally had on like sandwich gloves, like the kind (laughs) at Subway. Stop, like latex
0: gloves that they wear at the doctor's office kind of thing? Yes.
1: And he came without knowing what he said. This man came up to me and started giving me advice. Should I listen to that advice?
0: Absolutely not. Number one, because he was wearing jeans at the gym. Number two, because he was like, was it a germ thing? Maybe it was a germ thing. I can't quite figure out. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Sandwich gloves, as you refer to them, seem wildly impractical and actually very uncomfortable. Think about like how much your hands would sweat wearing those. Like That
1: sounds like an awful idea. His Ultimately, his advice to me was, that I should wear lighter-colored shorts at the gym to sweat less and stay cooler?
0: Uh, You know, I don't even really... Uh, <laughs> says the man wearing jeans. Well, was they, were they full-length jeans or were they jorts? I mean, that's an important context. I need to answer this question.
1: <laughs> they were full-length jeans.
0: Okay, see? I feel like he has no room to speak then.
1: Are jeans, full-length jeans, is that better than wearing jorts?
0: <laughs> I mean... Like, hey, I spent 12 years in Kansas. Nothing beats a good pair of jorts, if you're talking to the Kansas, Rachel. But I think, you know, I mean, it's all in the context, right? If you're wearing jorts or jeans, neither should be worn in the gym while working out, right? Going to and leaving the locker room, totally fine. But it also depends on who's wearing the jorts. Are they cargo jorts? Are they regular jorts? Are they cutoffs? Are you a hipster? Are you an old guy? There's, like, so many factors that play into the jorts versus jeans look, like, that could be an entire podcast in itself.
1: What about the men doing an abductor? Is that that what is that what they call it, the thing where you like spread the legs, bring them back together?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking that the other day. Actually, I was. People always think that's such a girl thing. Is even in college, the, the girls would hog those machines. They'd go like five sets of a hundred. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the elliptical. Going hard on the elliptical, like you want to work those glutes and you want to work those abductors, like go for it, go for it.
1: But if you see a man on it, are you a little bit like, hmm?
0: Well, I think it depends on the man too, right? Like, I would say if you're, like, not paying attention, you're just, like, owning your shit, like, go for it. But if you're looking around uncomfortably, well, I'd be like, maybe you shouldn't be on this machine, regardless of what machine it is.
1: If I'm a grunter, I'm not necessarily a weightlifting grunter, but if I do grunt, (laughs) how much weight do I have to be lifting before I can grunt?
0: (laughs) I mean, people expect grunts from, like, very heavy weights, I'll be honest with you. Because if I see you with, like, a two-and-a-half-pound dumbbell during a curl and grunting, I would, I would have some questions. I would have some significant questions for you. But, see, that's the other thing. Like, you don't know. I don't know what – every single person is totally different in terms of, like, where their fitness level is, what their goals are, and where they're at in their exercise program. So I totally hate to do any kind of judging to that end because being in the gym, lifting a two-and-a-half-pound weight and grunting is better than not being in the gym.
1: We had this from a lot of people. What is the appropriate way to talk to a woman into the gym?
0: We- <laughs> You've got that, a lot of those questions. I don't actually, I've only um, experienced that one time in college, which I couldn't even understand what was even happening because I had just gotten off of like an hour treadmill run trading for a half marathon. And I was just disgusting and slightly delirious my legs were numb and this guy just came up to me and started talking to me and I was like what's happening right now I don't even think I was aware of like my surroundings enough to be able to react in any kind of a reasonable way I don't know if there is really a non-awkward way to do that I mean maybe ask if they need a spot if they're doing a bench or they're doing a you know like a squat on free weights or a smith machine probably the easiest way in but also, you've got to kind of read your audience, right? If she's got her headphones on and she's intense, like, eh, I wouldn't interrupt her, no matter what. She's, like, walking out and you hold the door for her and you, you know, meet each other up at the, like, little area where you scan on the way in. Like, okay.
1: So is that, it's the kind of situation where you score more points by actually not doing anything?
0: You get to kind of gauge it. Like, if you find a spot where they're wrapping up their workout or you know you wouldn't be interrupting them and throwing them off what they're doing, it can, it can be worthwhile, but probably less is more.
1: If you're on, let's say, like the treadmill or the elliptical or whatever, there's a big row of them. There's nobody else on there, and you go and you happen to pick the one machine that you really like is right next to another person. (laughs) Do you have to say something to that person, and do you have to kind of like, hey, I really like this machine, or can you just go and just start doing your thing?
0: That happened to me the other day, actually. I always choose the same treadmill because I always want to watch – the Property Brothers on HGTV when I go for a long run, like, it's just my thing. But I don't say anything. I just kind of, I just, like, walk on, don't make eye contact, and then just, like, get to it. I sometimes I'll scope and see, like, how far they into their workout, Because, right? like, you can see how many minutes they are in, and I'm like, oh, okay, if they're, like, past 15 minutes, they probably won't be on much longer anyway. But <laughs> it's, like, think on the flip side. If you're the person who's already, who's, like, literally the only person on an elliptical on a bank of, like, 25 ellipticals, and someone comes right up next to you, Like, what is your thought? I'm always like, oh, come on, right? Like, (laughs) of all the machines.
1: That's where I feel like you got to, like, you got to give them a a, a head nod. You got to acknowledge in some way that if they said, I really like this machine, all my judgment immediately goes out.
0: Oh, see, you're nicer than some gym folk, though. I feel like some people get just so territorial about it, like creatures of habit. Like, would you, maybe it would be advantageous to, like, write it out right like when you're trying to communicate without talking like pass a note to them that just says like has the whole entire explanation on it (laughs) like this is a page long but this is important context for why i chose this love to come next to you like you don't need to read it now but just like just read it it's worth it
1: (laughs) i would feel like even if i read that at home a couple of hours later i would have more respect for that person
0: there you go (laughs) maybe then that's your solution just to like have plenty of copies of your antidote of like why that is why it is, and then like, then that will like at least absolve you of any guilt, whether they read it or not, or they might just think you're more crazy. I don't know.
1: It's a tough call. I feel like you got to do something though. How much does a man have to bench to impress either you or any woman?
0: Um, he at least has to have some kind of plates on on the bar. Like, th- th- I'm really not picky beyond that, but I just don't. I'm just not into the guy who's just gonna bench just a 45 pound like bar. This,
1: I think, this is the last of these type of questions. But okay, so let's say that there's a significant other or a potential significant other at the gym that you really want to impress, like a girl or a Definitely. guy. What lift is the most impressive lift that can get you kind of noticed?
0: Like a solid, like a bicep curl or a hammer curl with some heavy dumbbells is like a safe go-to. Should
1: you, should you roll the sleeves up a little bit at all beforehand?
0: Uh, probably. I mean, I would say, like, that's kind of the point, right? Show off that swole factor.
1: Can a man take a selfie at the gym?
0: I feel like I see that often. Their selfies are so different, though, than girl selfies. Guy selfies, they're kind of like to the, they're like, they always seem to have their arm down in front of them, like, flexing their straight arm, and then kind of, like, looking into the camera's reflection, right? So they're not actually making eye contact. They're almost, like, looking at themselves, taking the picture.
2: Mm. That's what I see a lot.
0: I see that. And then girls, it's just, like, angles, angles, angles. But I feel like most girls reserve the selfie, the gym selfie, for the locker room. I feel most guys do the gym selfie on the floor. If you have enough time to do multiple gym selfies and, like, take up equipment from other people, like, maybe you're not working out hard enough, I don't know. But also, maybe that's your goal. Like, you just want a really sick gym selfie.
1: Which one of these is the worst crime? Uh, Taking a really obvious selfie or... Taking one that everybody notices, but you're trying to hide it.
0: Oh, definitely the latter, not the former. Like I think it's you. Just if you're going to take a gym selfie, you're going to take a selfie on the floor. Like you've got to just do it. You got to like pose and make your duck face or stare at yourself and flex your arms. Do whatever you got to do. But I feel like you've got to just like totally, completely own the gym selfie. I feel like trying to hide it, and it just is so much more obvious. They're like in the back. Like in the back corner, like next to a rack of dumbbells, just kind of like over in the corner, try to snap one real quick and then look at it and snap it on the one real quick. I'm like, if you would have just taken like two solid pictures, it's could have take it half the time. Like, but it's highly entertaining.
1: I know you're not like checking your shopping list, holding the phone in front of the mirror. Like I know what you're doing. <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, one being like fresh out of the shower, 10 being haven't showered in a week, how clean do you have to be to go to the gym like what can you get away with in terms of stinking
0: you've got to at least you can't really surpass like a five on that one to ten scale because you have to be in like very close proximity to some people especially like think about cardio equipment like how close you are your treadmill you're like right up next to each other and if you're like lifting and a guy's doing like a you know uh overhead tricep extension with his armpits fully exposed i would appreciate it If you fell somewhere in the middle of the scale, at the worst.
1: If you're not sweating, do you still have to, courtesy, wipe the machine down?
0: I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. Looking at the treadmill, I was thinking to myself: there's no visible signs of like perspiration or struggle. Like, because it's like a crime scene. There's no sign of struggle. Like, do you have to do that? Obviously, if you sweat on it, please, for the love of God, like, spray that thing down. But if you haven't, I don't know. I think it depends on how many people around because it's that whole, you know, like if a tree falls on the floor, yeah, did, yeah. It, did anybody hear Like if you sort of sweat on a treadmill and nobody sees it, did it happen? Like I still think if there are visible signs of perspiration and sweat, it's definitely because that's like there's nothing grosser than getting on a treadmill and seeing like dried sweat that's not gross, you know? I,
1: obviously a lot of these questions have been kind of guy-centered. What, what are some tips that you would give to like women?
0: My advice to women is just like, focus, and do your thing. Like, if you want to go lift heavy with the guys, like, own it, do it. If you just want to sit on the treadmill and walk for two hours, because that's what you do for cardio, like, do it, own it, plant yourself in front of that HGTV with me, and we'll, like, walk together. Staying focused um, and not, like, worrying about what other people are doing either. Ignore the noise and, and get down to business, because even if you can do just a short workout, like, even if that guy's trying to take that selfie in front of you, like you if like guys try to slide in there and ask if you need a spot on the bench press um, like just stay focused and and do what you got to do.
1: Is, is that in, kind of a, a little bit of, I guess of a more serious question? I mean is that intimidating for some women because I would I would imagine that some feel like every guy in there is just perv staring at them the whole time.
0: You know I don't know if that is so much intimidating. I know just like wait rooms at least in my experience with a lot of the clients I've worked with. Um, being uncomfortable in weight rooms that are – because that's definitely, like, primarily, like, male-dominated, obviously. Like, um, historically, too, bodybuilding and, and free weightlifting has always – and powerlifting has always been kind of a male thing. And so I think maybe – at least for me personally and for the people I know, it's less of, like, a perv thing and a creepy guy thing and more of being intimidated by not knowing exactly what to do in – like a gym setting and not wanting to look stupid in that gym setting you know so it's less like creep factor and more just unfamiliar territory
1: so these are the last thing that we have at least these are our top five questions that we ask everybody that are basically the key to life to us number one how much do you bench
0: Oh, gosh. Well, it depends on where I am in my training. I would say probably average like 95, 85, 95. But I can't do for too many reps at 95. So let's just – we'll say 85.
1: But how many reps at 85?
0: Uh, I can put down like 8 to 10 at 85.
1: I feel like that's actually really good. Is the hot dog a sandwich?
0: It is not, but it is delicious.
1: This is kind of a complicated one. You okay. microwave You microwave something. It comes out. And it's not warm enough. When you re-put it in the microwave, does it come out still cold, just right, blazing lava hot?
0: Blazing lava hot always. And then it tastes awful. It's, it's never as good as I expected.
1: Do you do the same amount of time that you originally tried? Or do you double it? Or what do you do?
0: No, I try to add like you know the little thing that it lets you add 30 seconds, that little button. And then I'll just forget about it. Because I, I do that and then I mean to just like take it out after 5 to 10 seconds. And then I just forget. And then it's in for like an entire 30 seconds or another minute. And it's way overcooked and just piping hot and, and so disgusting.
1: Do you consider the thumb to be a finger? Yes. See, I, I feel like though when you think about it and you continue to think about it, the more I think about it, the less I feel like it's a finger.
0: Well, What would you consider it then if it's not a finger? Like what, what, would a, what is a thumb to you then?
1: It's just a thumb.
0: Okay, it's just something. (laughs) It's like its own own thing Yeah, it's its
1: own category. That's to me. Um, Those were our five questions about life. Um, Is there anything else that you want to add? Anything else you think we missed or anything like that?
0: I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered everything. I mean, the fact that we know now that I think hot dogs are not sandwiches. I mean, what else do I need to say?
1: All right, so now we're going to go ahead and call John. I'm calling him late. Will he complain? Six minutes late. I knew it. I knew it. I said right before I was like, "I know he's gonna complain about being late." Six minutes. Oh. Wait, but I feel like it's actually rude to be on time now. Why? I, I don't agree with that at all. But nobody's rude to be on time. Yeah, because nobody is ever actually expecting you to be to be ready at that time.
2: You know, that actually brings up a, a really good point right off the bat, actually. I was accused this week, I won't name the person who accused me of this, but that I set my expectations for people too high. So then, when I set my expectations, you know, to what I, I think they're going to do or, or what I expect them to do, and they let me down, I get all upset, right? This person says that I should just set my expectations, you know, for people to um, let me down, and then I'll be pleasantly surprised when they don't.
1: I even my closest f- friends and family members. I have no expectation that anyone will ever do anything that they say. That's interesting. That's okay. And that's not necessarily like a jaded thing where things have, let's say, burned me in the past or something like that. I just have I have no expectation that anyone will do anything that they say they're going to do. That's
2: that's sorta of, I'm I guess I'm I guess I'm old, still of an old school way of thinking.
1: I'm including in this for example, 2 weeks ago you said you would download the audacity program. Now you haven't done <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> I have not done it. I told you though I'm 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 spiting you now. I'm going to do it when you don't expect it, and you're going to be so so pleasantly surprised.
1: See, that's why I feel like I have no expectations that you would – I didn't even bother asking you about it because I just assume there's no way he's done it. He's never going to do it. I, I think the
2: quickest way to get anyone to do something, though, is an incentive. Like if you were to say you would give me $50, I would do it tonight.
1: Do you think you would – but would you trust that I would give you the $50?
2: Well, I, w- I wouldn't do it until you give me the $50.
1: But I'm not giving you the $50 until you do it.
2: I think you just said you're going to give me $50.
1: You've outsmarted me. You've tricked me. (laughs) Got him. Damn it. (laughs) Have you ever worn workout gloves to the gym? Yes. No. (laughs) No. Why?
2: Believe it or not, at one point in my life, I used to lift weights. And, uh, you know, you... If you do it so often, your, your hands develop these calluses on the inner parts of your uh, – like where your fingers meet your palm.
1: I don't think people need you to explain it. They understand what calluses are.
2: Well, my, my, well, I'm getting to the reason why I wore gloves. Is When I first started weightlifting back in high school, it, they would be so tender and sometimes bloody and open sores that the gloves provided that extra padding so you wouldn't have to miss any days.
1: Do you have delicate hands? <laughs>
2: uh, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I do. Was anybody? I, I, would, <laughs> I would definitely say that I do I do not have, like, a plumber's hands. That's for sure. But I don't think I have delicate hands, no.
1: I don't think I've ever looked at a plumber's hands. Why are you looking at plumber's hands?
2: It's just a saying you never heard of. Like a machine, no. like a like a machine worker's hands or plumber's hands, none of that.
1: A farmer's hands, yeah.
2: Or farmer's hands, whatever.
1: But a plumber and a farmer are completely different things.
2: <laughs> All right, so I was going with farmer, and I put plumber in there instead.
1: Okay. All right. Well, apology accepted.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't really apologize.
1: Well, you just did now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just give me my fifty dollars. Why am I even on this show with you? If we're getting on a, on a gym thing, i got to tell you the most annoying thing that I've ever come across are the gentlemen who put on, like, 185 on a bench press, and they pace around, and they breathe heavy, and they get down, and then they get back up without doing it.
1: I've never like, seen that. They don't even, like, test it out? They leave the weight right on the bar and just walk out of the gym?
2: No, they don't, they don't necessarily walk right out of the gym. They might go to another... Uh, you know uh workout uh regime or whatever uh or exercise
1: i kind of think that's a brilliant strategy i mean i would just assume that he did it when i wasn't looking
2: you have your eye on people like that because you know at least i always have because i want to see like oh man this person's gonna leg press 1200 pounds that's impressive
1: have you ever gone hero lift and like loaded it up with something you obviously can't do but then asked for a spot and basically just crushed yourself
2: I'm always optimistic. I always think I can do it, so no, I've never loaded something up on purpose thinking I'm not going to be able to do it. But yes, I have crushed myself before.
1: (laughs) What's your tip of the week? Now it is time for the tip of the week. John Shaw is here with the tip of the week. His ideas are so big, you can only handle the tip. So here he is, With just the tip of the week.
2: I'm not going to name the establishment. However, I was out to dinner with my wife this past week. And all she wanted to do was order one thing on the menu that was a little different. And no kidding, the person who was taking her order screwed it up so bad... Uh, that we we got home, it was wrong. So we get back in the car.
1: Go wait back a minute, wait the, a minute. You didn't check? You didn't check it?
2: I, I asked her, because I had this feeling that it was going to be screwed up right away. So I asked her to check it, my wife. And she said, well, it looks like everything's in the bag. So we get home. Uh, I start taking a couple things out of the bag. And I'm like, this isn't what we ordered. I'm seeing red now. Because I knew they were going to fuck it up. And now I got to spend my time to go back and try to correct the problem. Uh, at the end of the day, we ended up getting what we ordered. But my tip of the week is: if you're going to go to any kind of establishment, especially fast food restaurant, just order the fucking regular menu. I guarantee it.
1: How how special of an order are we talking about? I mean, are you saying it that
2: it, it wasn't? It, it, it was just adding something. It was adding one. One thing to the
1: item. But what was it? Was it like you wanted a hamburger and also a chicken sandwich on top of it? Or are we talking like, hey, just put some pickles on it?
2: Pretty much. Hey, just put some pico on the taco, please.
1: It wasn't Long John Silver's, was it? Well, no. I I don't
2: go there because they dropped our sponsorship this week.
1: Yeah, they did. Long John Silver's continues to not sponsor us for some unknown reason.
2: Just order just order regular things because unless you want to be angry and sit there and hate eat, I don't know if you have, have ever like eaten something out of spite before, but that's what's gonna happen if you uh try to order anything special.
1: What did uh, you call it? Hate eat I've never heard of hate eating <laughs> you
2: never, <laughs> never like gone uh, to a restaurant and i, I mean it could be a nice restaurant too it doesn't have to be like Mcdonald's i'm not, I'm not hating on <laughs> fast food workers or anything. But, you know, you know, you're like, oh, give me this cheeseburger <laughs> with, with pickles and tomato. And you get it and there's no tomato. And you're like, you're just eating it. And you're like, I'm just going to fucking eat this because I don't want to ask, you know. So then you just sit there and you're just eating it out of hate because you're hungry.
1: So here's, here's my problem with your tip of the week. Why is your tip of the week, don't order something special and not just check the bag, which is what you should have done when you were there.
2: I, I will admit that there is a little bit of personal responsibility, yes. However, it's it's not it's not the consumer's responsibility to make sure that everything is in the bag.
1: How busy was the restaurant?
2: I don't know, it was 7 o'clock on a, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, it wasn't like super busy.
1: we talking 10, 20, 30, 40, how many people?
2: Three cars in the drive-thru ahead of us.
1: Yeah, that's.
2: But like, you're in customer service, like you know, like that. This this is what you do.
1: Have you ever accidentally gone to like a drive thru and forgotten about actually ordering the food and just showed up at the window? <laughs> no, I have not. I did. No. <laughs> I did that the other day. It was the awkwardest thing in the world. Why did you forget to order? Like,
2: like what was going through your mind?
1: I I was in a long line and I just kind of kept pulling forward. And the next thing I knew, I was at the window.
2: <laughs> I really think that's just stupidity on your half.
1: It, it definitely results in all-around confusion.
2: <laughs> like, when you <laughs> when you got to the window, what what, what did they say? Like, oh, s- sir, you didn't order anything.
1: No, he was, he was looking for my order for quite some time, and I, I had no idea that I didn't order. And then we <laughs> eventually figured it out.
2: I think... Think you need to stop uh, engaging in recreational activities.
1: No comment. <laughs> do you? Do you have a question of the week?
2: Well, so I was trying to formulate a question of the week, and I don't know what I want to ask people. Like, is that I the question like of some, the week? I, I have I have several questions of the week, but I don't know which one I want to say because it's like, you know. Do I want to base it on the show, like have people tell us what they want us to talk about? You know, what what topics do you want? You know, which one of us do you want? Do you like better, or do I go with something on my tip of the week? Like, how often? You know, has that ever happened to you?
1: I feel so, like oh, it should be more of a like a I can't think of the word like a like just a deep thought kind of thing. Like, what do you, what do you what's your big question?
2: Hmm. I guess that would require some thought into the show. I guess.
1: Yeah. I don't. You. I don't why have, don't you consult your notes that you always have?
2: I do have notes, actually. I'm pretty excited for this top ten list because it has something to do. You know, we're talking about something that's very passionate to me.
1: I honestly don't remember what it is. <laughs>
2: How are we going to have a top ten if what? you don't have a list ready to go?
1: Well, I've got two lists sitting in front of me, but I don't remember which one we're actually talking about. That will be the question of the week. What is our top ten? <laughs>
2: I, I think that's a perfect question of the week. What, what should our top ten – give us some top ten ideas.
1: Well, no, I'm, I'm literally asking you. Like what what is it? Oh,
2: uh, you sent me something about uh, worst driving habit. Oh,
1: that's right. All right. You go ahead and start.
2: My worst driving habit is when you're on behind a car at a do not turn on red, uh, behind, you know, a red light, and then there's a do not turn on red uh, uh, sign, and there's nobody around. I mean, it could be 3 a.m., and there's you and just a person, and they will not make the turn.
1: But it, I mean, it does say don't turn on red.
2: Jesus Christ, is a a cop going to come out of the fucking air and pull you over for turning on red at 3am when nobody else is around?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's how a lot of DUIs happen.
2: Well, Jesus, So then I guess I'm not living on the edge. A lot of times I go around the people. Whoa! You go around them? Yeah. I'll get like I'll, <laughs> I guess this I guess this kind of sounds like road rage now that I think about it. Yeah, it does. But, <laughs> I'll, I'll like keep inching forward to see if like I can pressure them into turning, and then when I know it's not going to work, I just go around them and say "fuck it." Do you honk? Make, I do not honk. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I have a rule against honking. I do not honk.
1: Do you do not just the look over quick stare. But, like, the I'm purposely staring at you, extra couple of moments, long stare as you go by.
2: Oh, for sure. A thousand percent. Sometimes I'll even, like, stop and, like, roll down my window and just give them, like, the stare.
1: If you go over three seconds, I feel like that's a hate stare. This guy, this, this person's pissed at me.
2: I mean, it has to be longer than that. It, it probably takes me three seconds just to roll down the window.
1: You have to reach across and do the the, the like the fast hand turn. I,
2: I used to have to, but not not anymore. No.
1: I'm gonna go with back in parking.
2: I mean, that's just because you're from the country and you don't know how to drive properly.
1: You what? Why, why? I don't understand back in parking. Why? Why do that?
2: I mean, there's several benefits of back in parking. If
1: you're, if you're gonna back-end... say it saves time, I'm gonna completely disagree. It does not.
2: I wasn't even thinking about saving time. I was thinking about the ease of exit. You're already facing the park, you know. You're or not facing the parking lot, but you're already like you can just pull out. You don't have to worry about backing out. If you're at a concert or you know, or even at work, it's just easy to get in and go.
1: But uh, see, but this is why I don't understand it because all of those reasons that you just listed are true when leaving, but they're all completely incorrect when it comes to actually backing in to park.
2: You're backing in for a reason, whether it's, whether it's to, for like I said, ease of, ease of parking. I guess it could be a time thing if we're doing that.
1: But how is, it, how is it easier? You've had to back in to park. You still have to back up. Either way, you're backing up.
2: I guess you're just doing it at the beginning instead of the end. Do
1: you look for opportunities to back in park, though?
2: No, I don't.
1: I feel like some people do
2: go on to my next sheet of paper here um i i have women who sing while driving but i guess it could be men too it doesn't have to just be women
1: why does that bother you i mean sometimes you're in the moment
2: because you know like if i want to be pissed off i had a long day at work like i, I don't want to pull up next to a red light and look over to my left and see some happy-go-lucky teenager singer head off to ariana grande you know what i mean
1: so really, like, you, you're you're a hate eater and a hate driver.
2: Like it makes me want to like back up and like push you in the oncoming traffic.
1: <laughs> why can't you just let people be happy? Why are you why are you <laughs> so angry behind the wheel?
2: I, I've done a lot of self exploration with this uh, with this uh, this top ten here,
1: Nick. Um, I've got people who either slow roll. Or park way back at a red light, like twenty feet back from the next car I just what what are they doing
2: coming up to a stop sign and you do like a- like a like a quick look, slow down, but you never really stop and you just go through it
1: no, I'm talking about the person that you're coming up to a red light, it's red, and instead of kind of just driving up there normally, you go ahead and like throw it in neutral half a mile back and just slow roll so that you can try to. Not have to use any gas for actually getting the car going again.
2: Oh, um, yeah, I don't know if I've ever had too many experiences with that. If I have, I've never really noticed it, I guess.
1: But you notice people yelling or singing in their car.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. I have people that slow down to almost zero going on to exit and entrance ramps.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Are people that slow down so much to just make a turn that they don't have to, like, you're not doing a hairpin turn into a death (laughs) tunnel or something.
2: Yeah, it's like you're going on a 90-degree angle onto this entrance ramp, and you're going fucking 10 miles an hour.
1: Yeah, that's, that's hazardous.
2: You know what, you know what, Here, here's my tip of the week. Somebody does that, you just nudge them a little bit and they'll go right off into the ditch and you go right on by with your day.
1: Have you, have you ever actually intentionally, like, bumped somebody's car? No. No, I have not. My next one is people who say the phrase flip a bitch when referring to a U-turn.
2: <laughs> I'm laughing because I've never, ever heard anyone ever say flip a bitch.
1: That used to be a big thing growing up in Kansas. People would be like, oh, just flip a bitch.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Hold on, let me look through my notes here. Oh, oh
1: my I'm... God.
2: All right, moving on. Um, my next thing I have is when you're on the interstate in the fast lane and someone's going 50 miles an hour.
1: That's, I feel like that's probably universally a number one for just about everybody
2: but there's so many fucking people that do it, so it can't be that universal.
1: Have you ever accidentally done it, though? No, not never. Even on, like, cruise control, you're used to passing people, then suddenly, you know, you, you go from being the rabbit to being the turtle?
2: I mean, if someone's coming up on me fast, like if I'm going 75 or pushing 80 and someone's coming up on me, like and I need to get out of the way, I'll move over and let them pass for sure.
1: What's the appropriate distance, though, if you're going to pass somebody and somebody else comes up on you quick that you need to get over with? We talking like 200 yards, 300 yards, half a mile? Or you got to basically do it right away?
2: I mean, I kind of think it's, it's how much of an asshole that you want to be that day.
1: Okay, five, there's a car that's 500 feet ahead of you. You've got a guy behind you that is going to be on your bumper Within three to four hundred feet, are you getting over? No. What if he's going to be on you within a hundred feet, though? So you've got four hundred feet of cruising where he's just waiting waiting for you. Let me, let
2: me ask you this. What kind of driver are you? Are you like a strategic driver? Like, if you were in that situation, would you, like, look for little lanes to get through and get over? Or are you the kind of person that just, I'm just driving, doop doo do,
1: do. I'm not a strategic driver. I just go left lane, and I make sure that I'm passing people, and if somebody comes up fast, I'm going to get over. When's the last time you went 10-2 driving?
2: Probably this past May when uh, me and my wife went on a road trip to North Carolina, and I was driving through the mountains uh, of West Virginia in a rainstorm and heavy fog.
1: So it's got to be a pretty significant driving situation for you to go 10-2.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Are you going left hand on the wheel? Or are you going right hand on the wheel?
2: Uh, left hand usually.
1: Where's your right hand gonna be?
2: I'm like a leaner, so I like lean on the console a
1: lot. What do you mean lean on the console?
2: <laughs> what, are you,
1: what are you What are you talking about? How are you leaning on the console? I don't even know how that's possible. Are you trying to touch your toes? No, I. I, I don't, really, I, don't know. Oh, I was imagining you like leaning on where the road, where the radio buttons were.
2: No, like the the divider, the seat divider.
1: Yeah, that's the seat divider, not the, I thought you were like leaning your face up against the radio button. Like, what the hell are no, you doing?
2: That sounds completely idiotic. But if anyone has ever done that, please let us know.
1: <laughs> How like if I'm behind you Am I laughing at how much you're leaning? Like, do you look like you have some kind of spinal problem, or is it just...
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's a very, like, slight lean, but you asked me what I do with my, with my right hand. I don't know, I like, that's what I do with it. I don't know what to tell you. I also have, uh, basically any form of a motorcyclist on the roadway.
1: Why you hate... Just because, are you, because you're jealous, or because you feel like they're dangerous?
2: A hundred percent, not jealous, and I'm not hating either. I have I have friends. I guess I'll call you a friend per se that ride motorcycles, and that's great. When you're on the road and there's like a dozen bikers, but why? And they like and they ride down the road like they're in a goddamn presidential, you know, facade.
1: I don't. Is that what it's called? A facade.
2: No, I think I really fucked that up, to be honest. Uh, you, by I, the way, you were completely wrong on the foyer. By the way,
1: yeah, I've got, I got, I got some comments about that. Apparently, is completely wrong.
2: <laughs> motorcade, presidential Mo- motorcade.
1: Yeah, definitely not a fuckade. Yeah,
2: okay.
1: but why does that bother you so much? I feel like there's, I, because they've got like they got all their buddies with them, and you're sitting there alone, just sipping no, on a big go. No, because like they don't adhere to the rules of the road they make the rules of the road
2: yeah okay that's part of the problem all right just because you have two tires and you know you can rev the engine and it sounds a little loud doesn't make you more badass than my you know prius
1: how do you my one of my biggest ones that i hate is people who do not use cruise control on the highway like they're up in front of you, they're back behind you. They just—that drives me nuts.
2: I was so ignorant. I didn't. I, I. didn't even know what cruise control was till I moved to Florida, uh, eight years ago. I mean, like I'm sure I, I. I'm sure I knew of it, but I did not know how to operate it. I mean, I look like a like a two year old, like trying to write cursive, according to my wife, when I first used it
1: i don't even know like what did you do you thought it was set you took your foot off the gas and then you just kind of sank back
2: well i'm pretty sure i turned off the car like by accident
1: how is that even possible
2: i know it's it's dumb getting back to your original point on this or your original uh you know top 10 uh on this i don't agree i don't like like why who cares what people are doing
1: because it like you just passed me. If I got over for you, then you need to continue and maintain your speed so that I don't then have to get over and pass you again.
2: Let's say you're on a long road trip. You don't like getting behind a car. This hour you're in front. and the next hour they pass you, and you just kind of you know go back and forth for a little while. You're not okay with that.
1: I don't know who that's ever happened to. Like, what are you it doing?
2: Happens to me, when I'm on the when I'm on a road trip, I always hook up with a couple of cars, and we just cruise for three, four hundred miles, whatever it is.
1: How is this... I want to I want to ride somewhere with you. Like, I don't know what is going on in your life.
2: You get on the highway, and obviously people are going in the same general direction that you're going, and you just hook up. You know, you're just going. I, I don't know how else to explain it. I don't think it's that unheard of.
1: You're just, like, in the same three-car bunch... Within a hundred feet of each other for three or four hundred miles.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not like it happens. It's not like it happens when I go to work, right?
1: How do you feel about people? This always annoys me. That if I'm parking, and someone that I'm riding with suggests, like, "Ooh, there's a closer parking space up there," I immediately drive to the back of the lot and park.
2: <laughs> oh man, you uh, you would bring this up, so. I have been described as a nervous Parker.
1: (laughs) Go on, go on.
2: (laughs) Uh, I'll give you an example, real life example here. Uh, Costco. I am known for, like there's an open spot, but like there's somebody else coming the other way down the aisle. You know they want that spot, right? So no matter how close I am to the spot, I get nervous and I keep going past it.
1: (laughs) You, You wuss out.
2: Even yeah, if they're yeah, like
1: 100 out. feet away, you're just going to go ahead and give them? You're just going to give every, it up?
2: Every time I play what's out, every single time. I've almost hit like park cars, like trying to speed out of the way. That's how much of a, of a bus I am.
1: What, your driving strategy seems like an amazing mix of anger and fear. Why are you so nervous? Like you think they're going to hit you? You think you're going to – like you turn the wheel <laughs> – I just don't want the
2: confrontation. You know what I mean? Like, I I am okay with parking, like, in the back of the lot and walking. Like, I am okay with that. Like, I do not have to park, you know, I I don't have to get into an American Gladiators battle for the third spot. If no one else is in the car with me, I don't even, like, go down those aisles. I just park in
1: the back and walk. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless podcast. I don't know about you guys but I really want to spend the day just riding around in a car with John Shaw, because I feel like, like that would just be an experience. A mix of joy, rage, terror, and fun. So maybe we'll offer that as a promotion. But a promotion that we're actually going to be doing is we're still trying to figure out how to do this. We want to do a fantasy football promotion and we want to do it where people will send us the lowest scores where they actually tried. And then we're going to have like a gift card or something for maybe 25 or 50 bucks. But we need some help into how that would actually work and to do it fairly with fantasy football. So if you really know something about fantasy football, go ahead and contact us. We have our website up now, profoundlypointless.com. There's a Hall of Fame insult section on there. And I want to thank everybody that really put in some time to come up with some pretty creative ones. I thought some of them were really funny. Also want to thank Rachel Carwas for coming on. I think that she was a really interesting guest and had some good insight about gym etiquette and what you should do in the gym. If you have a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Coming up next episode, we're going to have an actor on And I think it will be a really interesting conversation because this is somebody that put off their dream for really their entire life and just recently finally started to pursue this. This has been the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I'm Nick. Bye.